if we can buy a rental that's going to negatively cash flow 50 bucks a month, we're still going to do it because guess what? Next year, rental rates are going to go up and our, our costs will generally stay the same and we're locked in for rates and we may be able to refinance. So yeah. we will cash flow negatively for a short period of time to get that $200,000 over that 10 years. You're listening to the Faster Freedom Show hosted by us, Sam Prim and Lucas Walls. Hello and welcome to the Faster Freedom Show. My name is Sam. And I'm Lucas. How are you doing today, Lucas? I'm doing well. Are you on a scale of one to 10? 10 being puking hungover, zero or one being like you hadn't drank in six months and you're feeling fresh. Where are you? I'd say like a three. Okay. What about you? <laughs> I would say three to four. I was going to say three and a half. <laughs> what? Yeah, three to five for you, maybe. Why are you wearing sunglasses? I'm so? not doing a five. I don't know. Our, our future uh, all-star guest we're going to have here in a few minutes told me to wear sunglasses because my eyes look puffy. He's a big, big skincare guy. We'll get into that a little bit. So why are we a little tired? Uh, because last night we had our meetup. We had Buyer's Club. So once a month um, when we record these on Fridays, we're just uh, moving a little slow, I would say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is what it is. It's a long day. It's like a you know, 16 hour, hour yeah. day, 16 hour day for mm-hmm. us. So regardless if we have a couple of cocktails or not, it's a little draining. So, uh, but last night was freaking awesome. Do you have a good time? I did have it's, a good time. Yeah, it was fun. It was a, it was a great event and uh, yeah, they're really fun. You need to go to your local meetups if you don't, they're probably not as good as ours, but yeah. if you're in St. Louis, you better, you better come to ours, but either way you need to go to your local. Yeah. Meetup. We had students come in all from all across the country every, last night, right? California, New York, every time from Very across cool. the whole country. So. Uh, uh, Eric from LA. Eric from LA flies for free. (laughs) Um, Awesome. All right. So in today's episode, we are going to be talking about is the Burr's method dead? I love this topic. This is actually getting a little traction on social media online. The Burr's method is a little bit harder. Is it dead? Is it laying? Is it hibernating? Is it doing fine? We'll talk about that. What? Just a nap. Just a, a nap. And then we got our team member spotlight. It's going to be Mr. Matt Lauman. He. He is the COO of our flipping company, so we're going to get into the market and things with him. Then we're going to talk a little bit about some nation or some international things like Argentina's interest rates really crazy right now. Um, literally, spoiler alert: their interest rate right now is um, 118 percent. What do you think about that, Lucas? That that. Uh doesn't make a lot of sense to borrow so money we'll, with that climate. Correct. We'll get into that. China's economy is sputtering. China. Yes, China. And then we're going to get into the uh, win Wednesday. We're going to talk about a win, which we haven't even talked about yet, so we're going to have to do that on the fly. All that being said, how do we sound right now, Lucas? Uh, I don't know. I can't wait to hear this because what are these called? The Elvis mics? These are the uh, these are not Elvis mics. What these are, they are called? The Joe Rogan mics. Okay. So these are really, we got brand new mics, new equipment. So let us know how it sounds and then head over to our YouTube if you have not and let us know how it sounds over there and how it feels and how it looks. Because if you don't notice a difference between this episode and the prior episodes with all this money spent on the mics, the person wearing the CK shirt behind the screen, Tyler York, will be fired. Yeah, I, I hear, I was talking to someone in the lunchroom about what podcasts they're listening to lately. And uh, they're like, oh yeah, we throw we throw yours on uh, every once in a while or something if I'm like working on a house. And I, and I was like, what episode are you on? And they're so far back. I was like, you need to get up to where we are now ASAP because it's such a different feel and what we're doing now, it's not even the same I would show. say just anybody listening, if they want, just go to 100 and then go forward because yeah. you got the rap and then we have a little fun and then the last five or six have been much better. Yeah, for sure. So if you don't notice a difference, Tyler York, update that LinkedIn resume and um, let us know in the comment section of the YouTube video if it sounds better than the previous episode. How yeah. about that? And you, we need at least five comments um, or Tyler York will be out on the street. So we, I'll write you a good letter recommendation, though. Yeah, have him call us. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we uh, 
the last no six episodes, two of them were Tiny House, two of them were my house, two of them are your house, and now we're in our second home is what I call it, right? Yep, that's a good point. So we have a mobile podcast studio right now while our podcast studio is being redone. So we will be in our permanent home hopefully in a few weeks. We're going to ramp that up a little bit and not spend $350,000 which what we were bid to do the uh, the podcast room on. So Lucas, is the Burr's deal dead, or is the is the Burr's method dead? Well, I guess quickly explain what the Burr's method is, if you don't mind. You do it every day. I think that's your job. Go All ahead. right, the Burr's method is just a way to leverage other people's money to buy real estate. I always say that, or I don't always say. I think I don't know anybody that would disagree with this statement, Lucas. Assets create wealth. And if you don't have money to buy uh, assets, you need to borrow that money to buy assets. So that's what the Burrs method is. Lucas and I have utilized the Burrs method to buy over 150 single family houses because we own 140 something, right? And we've sold a handful. So over 150 single family houses, six apartment complexes, three self storage facilities, and a hotel. So we've utilized this method to buy $46 million worth of real estate without using any of our own money. It stands for buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and scale. Not going to go into a ton of detail on exactly what it is, but the crux and the issue right now potentially is that refinance method. What you do is you borrow money from a private lender, a money source to buy and fix up a house. And then when you refinance it, you take it to a bank and you get 6% interest, 5% interest over 25 years and it cash flows and everything's great. But what happens when you get 9% interest? If you don't cash flow, then the whole method is kind of screwed. Yeah. That's what's happening right yes. now, right? So, so yeah, the, the, the whole point of the burrs is being able to buy at a discount so you can fix it up, rehab it, and add value uh, and create that equity spread. So uh, after repair value, you want to be into it, purchase plus rehab, 75 to 80%, right? And that part of the game is still very much alive. Yes. You can have that equity built in. The hard part right now is being able to cash flow that property. Um, I think cash flow is kind of a kind of a bait word these days, anyway. Like, what truly is cash flow? Um, but a bait word. Well, not a bait word, what but is, a, I've never heard of that. I might have made it up. I think you did. I get what you're saying. You're like, it's like your bait buzzword. Buzzword. Yeah. But yeah. you're saying like like bait, like to draw them in or something. Yeah. There you go. Okay. There it is. And when we talk about, I don't know. We just have never. We've lived this game for a long time. Mm-hmm. And to have like true, true net cat cash flow that we can just take and live off of. Not realistic. It's it's yeah. It's not super realistic. Number mm-hmm. one. So that's why I think it positioned us a little better to understand the big picture as we go into these high interest rates. So executing the birth strategy, you know, you can go at 75, 80%. But if you get a loan for that, most of your deals these days will show a negative cash flow. Mm-hmm. Then since they show that most of the banks do not want to lend to you on a property that is cash flowing negative. So So there's there's that side of it. So we're going to go over the challenges and then we are going to go over some ways to overcome the challenges because spoiler alert, which is I think the second one I've done in this episode, the birds deal is not dead. You can still make it work and we're going to help you make it work in this episode. But Lucas banks, don't want to lend on something that negatively cash flows, as well as banks are tightening up a little bit right now in their lending requirements with what's going on in the market with um, SVB bank, um, SVB or P, right? Silicon Valley bank, bank. SVB. So yeah. SVB, Silicon Valley bank, and some more regional banks have recently failed actually, um, in the last couple of weeks. So, um, the regional banks, kind of these banks that, that lend us and these smaller local banks are 
tightening the screws a little bit on their lending requirements. We don't really see it as much because of the relationships we've been able to build, but I think a lot of new investors are struggling to get that initial loan from banks aside from the cash flow, just in general lending. The lending uh, market right now is a little bit tighter. Yeah, it is. And a, a couple banks that we use, you know, utilize some sort of cash flow formula to be able to lend to us. Um, and that's gotten tighter, mm -hmm. right? So they'll lend a lot less. Mm -hmm. So what that means is when you're on the back end of the burrs, you know, they're going to not maybe lend you the 75 to 80% that you're used to. They might only be at 60%. So that means if you want this as a rental, you're going to have to put a, a decent percentage down on the back end, which some people are okay with, especially this guy over here. But, um, but we do have a bank that the cash flow is not important to them as being secured at a safe position on an asset in a good location. Mm -hmm. If you if you have that and we're just a little a little cash flow positive, maybe maybe even break even, they'll still lend. So it's all about those relationships with the right type of lenders, and it you know always has been. So with this lighting and this 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 Elvis mic that you guys call it, um, there's a uh, shadow on your neck. It looks just like a hickey. I'm like, good for you, Lucas. Or, or is it a? I have like an ingrown. Do you think it's no? That? No, it's down here. Oh. It looks like a hickey. That's not a hickey. Damn it. Ashley. Unfortunately. <laughs> I know, son of a. All right. So no hickeys for Lucas. Um, so the so let's talk about the headwinds. Banking regulations are a little bit tighter. Um, the actual formulas that they use are a little bit tighter. There's just not as much appetite to lend right now yeah. just because of the changes. Um, cash flow is a little bit harder because um, of the higher interest rates, which is a separate issue than just yeah. the banking regulations. And then you have the higher cost to acquire these assets because houses in this price range are near the highest they've ever been. So the right. cost to acquire them is more. So and inventory so low. Inventory so low. Less of them are out there. Yeah. So there's, there are a lot of headwinds. So I liken it to the last couple of years, you could like fall into cash flow. You yeah. could buy it. Competition was okay. You could find it. You, there was plenty of equity. Interest rates were low. The, the, you know, um, mortgage rates were affordable. The actual values of the property were going up. Rental rates were going up. Like it was really easy to buy Burr's deals. Like every single house we bought for like three years, cash flow, 250 mm -hmm. bucks. We had 25, 30% equity. Like it was so easy. Yeah. If it's worth 75 to 175 200 and we bought it at a discount it's going to cash yeah, flow the last no matter five no years, matter what yeah. we did even if we screwed up a ton so um it's not that i don't know that in the near future it's ever going to be that easy so i think it's one of those things where you just kind of have to roll up your sleeves and figure it out if you want that long-term wealth i always tell people that i think lucas you and i make two hundred thousand dollars every house we buy in 10 years. So every single rental house we buy in the next 10 years, we're going to make 200 grand via, you know, properties going up in value, be principal mortgage being paid down and cash flow that's tax free on top of that because of depreciation. So if the cash flow is a very minimal part of it, and we're going to make 185 grand over the next 20, 10 years, rather than 200 grand, I don't care. I'm still going to buy that asset. I know our, our portfolio is in a different point where we're not as worried about cash flow. It's more about portfolio value and cash flow over a specific property. So we'll get into more details, but in general, my take on it is it's a little bit harder. It's probably not going to get a ton easier. It might get slightly easier, but you're going to have to figure out how to make it work if you still want to buy rental properties without using any of your own money. It's it's, it's not easy. Sorry. Get the fuck over it. <laughs> there you go. So, so the goal in all this is to own and acquire as much real estate as possible. That's the goal. Yes. If you want uh, to create wealth, that should be your goal. That is our goal, yes. right? We truly still believe 
and the benefit of owning real estate for multiple different reasons. All, all those reasons that Sam talked about uh, with the passive wealth trifecta. So we're just trying to figure out ways to hold you. on to those for a long period of time and not be bleeding money for the short term, right? Yes. We always say like day one is your least cash flow day that you'll ever have mm -hmm. on that asset. So mm -hmm. it's going to build over time as rental rates go up, as property values go up, as your mortgage goes down or, or your debt on the property goes down. So day one is, you know, that's bare bones and then it only gets better from there if you take care of your asset. Um, so some, some tailwinds for us too. Uh, we've been able to push rental rates higher than we have in a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. Listen to this quick example there. Uh, I'm listening. So one of our banks that we use uh, does the cash flow formula and you have to be at, you know, 1.2 uh, DSCR, which is a very safe place to be. If you're there, you're going to be cash flowing well. Um, but that banker is also a real estate investor. So I, I sent him a bird deal that we we're wrapping up and I was like, here's our rent. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, we can only lend up to this if you're going to rent it for that, which was less than we had in it. We'd have to come out of pocket, but he's like, I have a rental up there. I think you can get this. Go ahead and try. And uh, we, we got it. So nice. uh, in certain areas of towns, we've been able to push rent on quality rehabs for sure. So that's been helping us get to the cash flow uh, metrics a little better as well. Probably don't clap in front of your mic maybe. Uh, is down here okay? Yeah, okay. so All right. just okay. not here. Probably not, no. And uh, Jaden was telling me, have you, have you seen those like, videos on tiktok where like it's usually females are like do the sensations mm -hmm. on the mic he said these are the mics that oh, they these do are the that. mics they use to do like yeah. the whispering or whatever yeah. and, like the and beads like, and all the weird yes. stuff yeah so very very touchy so don't do that and crispy is what t york calls it did it is it working all right okay so anyways um so yeah there's um there's we have some we have some tailwinds and some some strategies to still cash flow um, in general, I think some of them go without saying, but maybe some of them don't. The biggest one I think is getting market rental rate. It has gone up every single year. Oh, that makes me nervous. He's backing in. Okay, we're good. It's gone up every single year um, since 1900, except like 2009 and maybe a little period of last year because it went up so quickly. But rental rates go up. And like you said, if you negatively, like, I wouldn't suggest everybody doing this, but if we can buy a rental that's going to negatively cash flow 50 bucks a month we're still going to do it because guess what next year rental rates are going to go up and our, our costs will generally stay the same and we're locked in for rates and we may be able to refinance so yeah. we will cash flow negatively for a short period of time to get that two hundred thousand dollars over that 10 years well think about let's just do depreciation on that house like yeah. depreciation say that house is you know cost basis two hundred thousand dollars ballpark okay. um we would get to write off over seven thousand dollars a year in income with that one house so fifty bucks a month, who freaking cares? Yeah, that's five. That's over five hundred bucks uh, yeah. a month in depreciation. So yeah. So who? So uh, but some people, I don't think they're the very first one. If they're like you know tied on cash, should be doing that. But yeah. yeah. So that's brings in my second point. The first point is rental rates. The second point is you have to have a long term mindset on this. If you're thinking you're going to be able to buy five rentals and quit your job, that's just not not going to happen. Yeah. Danny's facetiming surprisingly. Um. So and then uh, a few other strategies you can utilize are. I usually tell most people that if they don't know how to manage outsource management mm -hmm. at first and yeah. just don't worry about that cash flow part of it, but spend some extra time, you know, join the mentorship, 
get relaunch our, our new app we um, yeah. just launched or hire somebody or just do some more research and, and manage yourself that will save you probably two or three hundred dollars a month uh, yeah it, over like upcharges as well as management fees yeah. and lease ups and all that so that will probably take negative 50 to plus 150 for you sure. yourself just doing that yeah i love that i think that's one of the controllables uh, of the expenses of a rental property like taxes are what they are mm-hmm. your your debt payment is what it is um your insurance is what it is but that property management is something that you could you could take in house and save yourself a couple grand for the throughout the course of the year for each house and another strategy to do would be a lot of people want to get it paid off and they'll just do like 20 year mortgages do 25 and ask for 30 your bank yeah. will probably say no but ask for 30 years if you can get 30 years over 25 years that is going to be depending on the you we ran that when we were talking to tim that one time about our whole refinance mm-hmm. the biggest difference in 25 and 30 years it's a huge difference yeah just generally that two hundred thousand dollar house that's probably 75 bucks a month right mm-hmm. there ish so yep. it's, it's not like 10 bucks so anyways do those type of things um and then shop around i mean we probably i don't see our bank quotes but banks can charge different interest rates they mm-hmm. just take the feds funds rate and charge it up what they want so anyways if you shop around multiple banks and and go with the lowest one that makes sense you get the longest amortization you're getting market rent you're managing it yourself you have a long-term mindset the burrs is not dead in my opinion if you do all those things you can go from negative 100 to positive 200 still even in today's market i know that's not like super super easy to do but it is possible yeah especially if you're just like doing one at a time and trying to grind through it for sure and another another reason why it's not dead is um we've only talked about long-term rentals here too so Ooh, get them walls get them you can you can execute all of the burrs um except instead of going to a long-term tenant go to a midterm tenant or a short-term tenant and then um go ahead and refinance with the bank at that point and you'll be able to push cash flow to a point that is uh, much more beneficial than a, a long-term rental a lot of times. Yeah, for sure. No, so that's, you're just changing that uh, that excess strategy of rental. Sure. So yeah, we're not gonna. And the goal is to hold on to that real estate as long as possible. Mm-hmm. That is the goal. So mm-hmm. figure out a way to break even or make a little bit of money along the way. Exactly. No, I think that's a, I think that is a good point. You're able to just, and even it can be short-term or long-term getting that different type of tenant in place to help with that cash flow. And guess what? You can make it work closely. Interest rates will go down eventually. I think a lot of people are calling for them to go down next year. And if not a little bit, a lot, and then that following year, probably they're going to go back down eventually. And most banks, if not every single one you're going to use in the space, they don't have like an early refinance or payoff clause. You can refinance it in a year or two years and then get that lower interest rate and then go from, you know, 30 bucks a month cash flow to 150 bucks a month and still own that asset. For sure. And uh, no, another real quick pro, pro tip is uh, local banks are great, right? We loved them. We've built the majority of our portfolio with them. But um, like like Matt did on his last uh, refinance, he went with a, a DSCR asset-based national lender and got the 30-year fixed on it. Nice. Um, and interest rates, you know, what they would you get like seven and a half, 30 year fix, something like that? Uh, that'll cash flow. That'll help you cash flow as well. So, uh, yeah, just expand you your probably just stole his thunder. He's so nervous about coming on stage, and you stole that probably. No, he wants to talk about Argentina interest rates. Okay, perfect. Yeah. We're, and we're actually next episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the Trump indictment. So, we'll get your opinion on that, Matt. Um, um but and real quick, hold on. Make me throw up, bro. <laughs> that probably sounds really gross. Yeah. Um, all right. I don't know how they do it, Lucas. All right. Elvis let's, Mikes. What? Elvis, Elvis Mikes. Mikes. All right. Matthew, why don't you get your butt over here? So what our team member spotlight. So if you 
don't know this is your first episode we are bringing a team member um once a week on uh every single week to chat about what they do with our companies and get their opinion on the topic and just give them some shine as well as give you listeners and viewers all eight of you viewers get you some uh you know get you some exposure to our organization and the people that we uh, are around every day that make everything happen because lucas and i uh do very little um for some companies we have people that absolutely crush it for us so matthew lauman i'll let um i'll let lucas introduce you real quickly why don't you go ahead and do that walls yes i will introduce matt but i also want him to introduce himself a little bit but uh yeah matt lauman um veteran veteran here in the office <laughs> been here for what two full years now two years that's right two years started kind of corporate america worked for what like a 500 million dollar company mm -hmm. reported directly to the ceo maybe had a, a little bit of burnout going on in in your in your uh in your old job and, and just wanted something new and fresh and a different challenge and and to build something amazing and that's what we're doing here uh, matt is also my brother-in-law so that's how i knew him uh try to get him on the team for Years. couple years at least before he finally made the jump but uh welcome matt yeah thanks for having me excited to be here yeah so another reason to go to the um the youtube channel if you're listening matt said he's a handsome feller so a big skincare guy <laughs> um big hair gel guy big you know just big into all that so you know um make sure to go check him out if you're not it's oh, important preventative maintenance you know yes. <laughs> pays off in the long term he yeah, is he is married to lucas's estate. sister so y'all just relax yeah all you gals out there all right so Matthew, excited. Welcome to have you. So why don't you explain what you do to everybody yeah, um, on a yeah, daily basis? Absolutely. So I, I'm, I'm going to say this not just because you two are here, but I have the best job within... A little closer, maybe. A little closer. I'm sorry. I have the best job here at Prosper. I'm the COO integrator of uh, Fast Trials, which is the flipping company here at, uh, at Prosper. Um, I work with such a dynamic group of people, uh, like-minded folks. Uh, we have such a great team. Uh, basically, from a day-to-day -day basis, I oversee the operations from any anywhere from lead generation and marketing, lead management, our sales team from acquisitions and dispositions, contract to close, and uh, of course our, our our project management team. So, uh, a lot of my plate, but uh, I get to to uh, work in all segments of the business every day, and uh, I'm super passionate about what we're doing here at Faster House, and look forward to our great future. Yeah, no, that's exciting. That was a prepared answer. I like it. That, I'm always prepared. I yeah. know. Always. I don't know what you're going to ask, but uh, I'm going to throw at least you have notes to prepare. Yeah, uh, you're myself not for anything. Some of the things I'm going to ask you, you don't have answers on that sheet for, Perfect. so you're going to have to just figure it out. So, um, so what do you think um, about uh, our conversation? You were sitting in the corner listening and about the birds method. We'll get into some few other things, but the general topic of this episode, um, the birds. Do you did we say some things that you were like, yeah? Did we say some things that you disagree with? I guess just give me your opinion on on what we're kind of chatting about. Because you have how many rentals? I have five. Okay. Five with uh, hopefully putting one under contract today at number six. Um, but I, I would say to me, the Burr's method's not that because we just did a deal last night with a local investor that is a, is a clean Burr for him. We sold it for 65000 probably needs ten to 15 in work, and it will easily appraise for 130 grand. So I, I know it's, uh, it's not dead, but to me, the Burr's is, is probably different for everyone. You know, some people don't need to. Uh, fully cash out up to 80%. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, I look at myself personally, uh, I'm okay. I, I actually like getting that 70% loan to value. It's you know, a little bit less leverage, just more equity because I'm in it for the long term. So uh, definitely not dead. I, I think those that, that expect uh, a clean 80% um, cash out refi and two to $300 a month, I think they need to kind of 
level their expectations down and, and understand that it's it's more of a long-term play. For sure. What do you got, Walls? Yeah, that's good. So that's more on, on the rental side of things, but um, how have you seen rising interest rates um, affect uh, the buy and sell company, the flip sure. flipping company? Yeah, when I look at when I look at our market right now, and we're, we're I'm, I'm fascinated. We are watching a, a heavyweight bout between high interest rates and inventory. It's like uh, Tyson and Holyfield right mm. now. No so, ear biting though. No ear biting. No. Um, yeah. So what I think what I think it's done from our from our whole for our wholesaling business, it's created uh, every, uh, in the market has created this impaired mobility, the lock in place effect. People aren't moving. The transactions are down. Our our local market data. Uh, just came out for July. We're down 25% on transactions uh, year over year. So what that does uh, creates a challenge from our, our wholesaling business. There's just mm-hmm. less deals out there. But what it's done is created an opportunity for us to take a step back, sharpen our pencil, uh, hone in our buy box, and it's created our profit per deal to go up because we're getting deals deeper uh, and we're selling them at a, at, at a higher profit. So it's forced us to, to sharpen our, our, our pencil and become more profitable on every deal and maximize that profit. Yeah. When I look at the uh, retail side in our fix and, fix and flip business, uh, I am a data geek, so I got some more data here. I looked at uh, trans. I'm sorry, uh, active listings in July, 5,600 in in our market in July of 2023. Yeah. Look at pre-pandemic levels in 2019, over 11,000. Wow. Active Half. listings. Wow. Yeah. Half. Half. So um, days on market though have have. Uh, are significantly uh, better for our fixed mm-hmm. and flippers. 47 days pre-pandemic, we're 29 in July. Crazy. Um, and then year over year. So w- what that means to me is that uh, um, th- those prices are holding strong, if not going up. We're up 2.5% uh, year over year on our on our median uh, sale price here in St. Louis. So uh, some challenges on our, on our wholesaling and transaction business, but it's forced us to sharpen our, our skills and buy deeper and yeah. be more profitable. And then it's also helped our fix and flip retail business while we're, we're creating, you know, great rehabs. We're selling them in a timely manner. And we're, we're making uh, significant, more, significantly more profit on them than we were last year. Very yeah, so good. I, I think that uh, the heavyweight battle is, is being won by supply at this point. I mean, they're... they're... You, you spoiled my... Oh. Did, did you did you have say. that in your notes? I had it in my notes. Oh, Inventory well. seems to be winning the bout right now. Oh sure. yeah. gosh, you have this whole theme to your analysis. You yeah. big well, you freaking guys are dork. Super creative. I'm like, I, I'm I'm gonna be here, and what am I gonna say? Yeah. You know, if gonna... I was an ice cream, I'm like vanilla. I'm super boring, so I try to add a little. You're very vanilla, and try to add a like caramel or chocolate sauce mm, to me. I like that. Maybe a cherry. Ooh. Mm, I hate cherries. What? Why yeah. do they? Does the, the little pit inside it stress you out a little bit? I think it's a uh, taste and texture combined. Just aren't for me. They're not. What? Yeah. What other? What's your favorite fruit? My favorite fruit, probably watermelon. Would you put that on ice cream? No, I would not. Watermelon's basically just water in a melon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's my favorite fruit. Probably. I'm a bit. I'm I a love big, watermelon. I'm a big strawberry guy. Huge strawberry. Even after cream. all the worms climbed out, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Eat them all. Yeah, they're probably good for you. Yeah. They're in there eating. They're full of of strawberries because they're eating the strawberries. Yeah. And great they point. Eat them. Yeah. Hey. Circle life. I'm a man. Yeah. Should we get back on real estate or? Nah. Yeah. All right. So, what about a little bit of sugar on your strawberries? You okay with that? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, okay. I've got a sweet tooth over the last couple of years. Have you? Yeah. I had some brownies when I got home last night. Okay. I was gonna say it kind of shows a little bit. So. Thanks, <laughs> Sam. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I looked at it this morning, but it obviously didn't show enough for you. No, not enough. You can keep at it though. Um. So, what would you? Uh, what would your uh, kind of 
just you're a big data guy, right? So you see a lot of things. You got Wink Dog in your corner to help you with all that. What would you um, have? And you don't need to have a crystal ball. Like, what do you think? You know, the next because everybody wants to know people's just opinions on things, and you're more into the market and into than pretty much probably anybody at our company. What do you what do you see the market or interest rates doing? You know, the rest of this year in 2024, knowing that obviously nobody knows for sure. Yeah, I mean, the optimist in me wants them wants them down, but uh, you know, the last couple of weeks we've seen them tick up quite a bit on the 30-year fix but what I do think we have in our corner is that spread between the 10-year treasury and that 30-year fix I think it's at an all-time high just over three 3.1 uh, explain what that is a little bit yeah historically I, yeah, I'm gonna have you explain it but I know historically it's anywhere between 1.7 uh, to 1.9 so we're significantly higher so just closing that gap I think the yeah. volatility of the market uh, once it settles down, that gap's going to close and it's going to bring interest rates down just by itself without having any any interest rate cuts. So. The 30-year fix, you think? In, the 30-year fix. Yeah. Whereas the Fed funds rate, I don't see it going down this year no, at all. Next year, right? do, though, yeah. But like Matt was talking about, that spread has some room. So that 30-year fix, could, we could see tick down even if the Fed funds stays the same or goes up a little bit. So to, to kind of... Um, explain that as simply as I can on something that I have a decent grasp on, but not a full grasp on. Well, Matt, when he talks about the spread, he means that I guess in general, like somebody that's initiated a mortgage like Bank of America will quote unquote, you know, borrow money uh, based on the uh, treasury, the 10 year treasury note at, you know, 6%. And usually they mark it up 2% or less. So that would go up to 8%. But right now they're marking it up 3%. So they are building in more of a cushion, more of a profit margin, honestly, right now because the market is so volatile. So we don't, we not only have a higher starting point, we have more profit being built into the deals because A, they can because supply is so low and B, the market's volatile. So that I think as things start to settle down and, and things you know become a little less volatile, they'll go back down to that 2% um, kind of spread, which will make a huge difference as well as rates going down. Does that make sense? Yep. I explain that well? Okay. Great job. Cool. Thanks, down, Matt. But Appreciate yeah, it that. sounded good. You didn't make sense or did? I didn't. I blacked out. You, I thought you blacked out last night. No, that was you. When's the last time? I did not. When's the last time you blacked out? Ooh, it's like been a while. Like blacked out, like don't remember the end of the night. Probably uh, the Little Wayne concert. Okay. What about you? <laughs> I know I know you're... you're, you're yeah, uh, it's been a long time. Like, it's been a while. Well, you haven't drank, period, and what? That's right. I'll call March 21st. So. Congrats, man. Um, yeah, like probably like on, years? Uh, five months. Years? That's probably the night probably. before you stopped drinking. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, all right. Yeah. I don't drink much anymore, so I don't yeah. know the last time I have. It's been a minute. Maybe like Mexico this year. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Anyways. Um, awesome, Lucas. Let's try to make Matt real uncomfortable before we get him out of here. How can let's we do, do that? It. How can we do that? Yeah. Put your hand on his leg. See? <laughs> oh, <laughs> he played into it. That's okay. I'm all right. I, I'm okay if you make it comfortable. But I, I, I would like to provide some more value. But yeah. Oh, what do you got? I like Matt's this last like, question. He, he wants it to be, what advice would you give an investor, possibly even a newer investor, struggling to make deals in this market? Yeah, advice. Um, like I said, I, I am a, a newer investor, so I think that's good. I can relate to a lot of the viewers probably and a lot of folks that are getting into real estate. When I, when I look at overall advice is know your market. Uh, real estate's local, so there's, there's our, our market's going to be different than a lot of our listeners' markets. Uh, go to your local meetups. Uh, network uh, with other wholesalers, with real estate investors um, and and real estate agents. Uh, some of the advice I look at from like a wholesaler standpoint, it's pretty simple. It's don't give up. When I yeah. look at our business with wholesalers, a lot have already given up and have gone back to 
uh, corporate America or yep. whatever you'd say. So uh, I checked our transactions this morning. We're down 70% on our acquisitions from wholesalers. Um, so we know there's less wholesalers out there. So if you are a wholesaler, um, stick with it. Uh, there's less competition and, uh, and, and just keep powering through. Commitment. When I, commitment. When I look yeah. at it uh, from an investor standpoint, buy and hold, you guys talked about it earlier. Uh, rates are up, but, but rents are also up. When I look at well, one of our rentals uh, last year was was getting twelve ninety five. We flipped it back on the market a couple uh, months ago, and we're getting fourteen ninety five a month. So that's um, hold on, that's two hundred dollars. That's I mean that's what we mean when we say get market rate. It will make a huge difference. And even Michael had to tell you that Lucas. Yeah, it's even us have who has we have very good pulse. Mm-hmm. I would feel on uh, rental rates in certain pockets of our metro here. Um, and it was, still was a shock to us of what we could get over the past year. So um, definitely do a deep dive audit on if you do have rental properties on those renewals or those turns, but especially on those brand new rental burrs. Those are where you can really push it because people want to live in nice stuff now, and there's not a lot of good stuff out there to rent. So I think your house will go quick. Yeah. I think for our fix and flip business too, what what I would what advice I would 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 give is to really focus on your your processes and your systems and the rehab process um, we call we look at our cash conversion cycle last year our cash conversion cycle was about 132 days that's basically when you buy it on the acquisition side to when you sell it on the retail market we, we've cut that down significantly this year to 89 days so when you're borrowing at a higher rate your holding costs are much higher so it's super important to hone your processes in turn that rehab quicker um, to, to control your costs and when you look at look at the retail market and what product just put a great product out there yeah people have equity they have cash they're making more money than they were um but they're going to go ahead and pay a higher price and a higher interest rate so they don't want to spend any money on on fixing anything up so if you put a higher product out there you pull that old jetted tub out put a nice deep soaking tub with a tv over it like mm-hmm. we just did on our last flip you're going to get ninety six dollars uh and maximize that that profit uh in your flip yeah so. love that I like it. That's very good advice, Matthew. Well, you did a great job. You can tell by um, your, your lingo that you're 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 a businessman. You're like the, you're an operator. You're like a. I told him one day I was like, Matt, you look like a frat boy stockbroker, and he said, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's a great compliment. Yeah, I'll take compliment that. For him and I'll try to have a little more fun too. No, your hair looks great today as well. You, you're a good hair day. Was coming on your show. I make sure. I thought about wearing a hat, but I went with uh, I went with the hair. Yeah, we got to see it. I agree. Right Every decision. Looks yeah, great. Right bro. decision. Helmet error. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, we're gonna stand you. up. Give you. I'm gonna give you a hug. All right. All right. So awkward. Look at you guys. I'll give you a hug later, Matt. Thank you for joining, right. brother. Appreciate you. you. Did a great job, yeah. Matthew. You bet. My left leg is asleep now from that angle I was doing. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, that was that was great, Matt. Great, great insight there. As yeah. you can see, we have a lot of talented people working for us, and that's why we are bringing them on the episode um, once a week. Throughout the entire organization, we're going to have everybody on here because it just shows uh, a different perspective and a lot of maybe even more of like a newbie investor perspective that, that we just don't have as much. Yep. Love it. That was, that was great. I, I learned some stuff. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, so a couple of headlines. We're going to get into Ooh. our headlines topic. Um, so Argentina's interest rate. So Argentina's central bank devalued its currency, the peso, even more. Uh, by close to 18% and hiked its benchmark interest rate 21%. We get pissed when there's a half point raise. What would you do, Walls, if the bank was like 21% higher interest rate um, to 118%? Meaning, if you borrow money, is 18% interest rates a, high, a lot, Lucas? 
Uh, we would think so, but it's all relative, right? But it's 118% a lot. Oh my gosh. Like something not great has to be going on there, Real right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't keep up with Argentina, but that is you just You don't a, keep up with Argentina? That is just a really bad sign in my eyes. Um, got a gentleman in uh, one of my masterminds that is actually from Argentina, so maybe I'll chat with him and figure it out. But uh, he got out of there for a reason. I'm not, I, I don't know, but... um. Man, that is that's scary. Like if that happened here, just imagine that mm-hmm. the chaos that would that would catch. Yeah, that would that would be really bad. So that's what um, I think in general. Interest rates, and then we'll get into China here in a minute. But interest rates are uh, in the U.S. are still very uh, very affordable. Um, you know, inflation is trending in the right direction. We might hit a little bit of a spike or not spike, but a little bit of a slowdown as far as the, the deceleration rate here soon. But um, everything is pretty under control. I think yeah. a lot of people were real pissed at Powell for a yeah. while. Um, and I think most people, even his critics, are like, he's doing a pretty damn good job of threading the needle. And it's not perfect, but yeah. um, you know, the, the landing uh, of what happened is it's going to be like, He's hard, a, medium, or soft. Maybe it's not going to be as soft as some people want, but I think most people are pretty confident it's not going to be that hard crash yeah. that a lot of people, like a lot of experts thought was going to happen. Yeah, he seems like a pretty bright man with the right type of demeanor to handle this type of thing. Like not very reactionary, just kind of steady Eddie making small tweaks. And uh, uh, yes, hopefully he stops soon, but uh, he's got to have the data to support him. And, and I had this conversation with my boy Taylor Sands, um, Life Goal Investments, a guy in New York. We talk all the time um, offline as well as we go live on, on uh, social media twice, three times a month. And he, he made some really good points. He's more in the markets and more into like the, the world macroeconomics as yeah. well as like the stock market. And he's like the third year of an election cycle. Next year is, is the election. Um, the politicians usually put a lot of pressure and dump extra money, no matter what side you're on, into the economy to help it to help spur it yeah. before the election year, which is not bad, but it's kind of shitty because they're trying to get themselves reelected yeah. more than what they're doing with the market. And this again, this Trump did the exact same thing. Oh with yeah, Powell, and, and Biden's doing the exact same thing right now. So what, what is Biden saying right now? Well, he's just dumping extra money in the economy, and and this Taylor had all the stats, but like everybody does it. Yeah. But he's dumping extra money in the economy to spur it. And Powell's like, the more money you dump in, the higher to raise interest rates. So like, yeah. it's like a battle between yeah. them two. And Trump straight went after Powell. Biden's I remember not, that. Yeah, Biden's just not, like we need to be at zero. Like and the, and and Powell. Had, had, and what is what is is Biden and Powell? Powell yeah, they're, they're, are they button heads? Yes, a they bit are. Too. They, and they always kind of do. And and that's and Powell did it with Trump. And we he was talking like Powell ended up. You know, it was eighteen or whenever that was when the market kind of shifted a little bit. Yeah, um, and, I remember that. And then remember Trump's like, well. you got to stop it. And Powell did, but. He said, and most people said, not because Trump said so. It's because the data showed he needed to stop raising it uh, to lower it back down. So that's happening right now. And it's just this battle of dumping money in. All right, you keep dumping money in. I'm going to have to keep raising interest rates. You stop dumping money and I'll stop raising interest rates. But Biden's not going to stop dumping money. And then again, this isn't like a Biden decision. It's just all politicians. So we're not yeah. going there. But anyways, very, uh, very interesting thing that's going on there. So we'll, we'll see where it plays out. That's part of the reason why we have to keep raising interest rates because we keep creating more inflation. Yeah. And the D or the um, whatever the deflationary, whatever act is it's called, but it's putting more money in the economy. It's, it's doing the opposite. But anyways, on to China. So this is pretty crazy. Um, so 
Uh, China just released its its uh, data, Lucas, a couple days ago about like you know how we do our GDP and our earnings and all that kind of stuff like that. And everybody thought, and again, this is I got to give my boy Taylor credit for this, but he has all this stuff backed and data. But um, everybody thought China just got just got out of their lockdown. They were locked people down. They still couldn't leave their houses until just recently. And they're like, all right, so China's going to release everybody out um, to work. And like what happened in the U.S. as soon as everybody got released, they went, they spent money, the economy shot up like crazy, right? They thought China was going to, they were still dormant that they were going to release everybody out and it was going to spur like the second wave of the international, the world economy was just going to skyrocket because mm -hmm. China's the second biggest economy in the world was just going to go crazy. Well, that has not happened. They are actually, um, they are down in most categories and they are, they're, they are in deflation right now, not inflation, which is a really, really bad thing. The prices of their products are going down, which you do not want to happen because if your products, price of your products go down, people don't buy because they think it's going to be cheaper tomorrow and that spurts the entire economy, just comes to a complete halt. So th all of their data is really bad. Uh, manufacturing, imports, exports, GDP, everything's horrible. Mm. And they stopped reporting job growth. They, they just stopped. They just, they're not telling people what the job numbers oh are. My God. And the central bank just lowered interest rates in China. So real bad news for yeah. the China. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? The re any any of the big picture reasonings that you can you can see for that? I can have a couple. That give me your thoughts. No, I don't. I, I just they're just going off the data that they were whatever their strategy to lock down the country for yeah. four years backfired like crazy. I, I agree, and they didn't think it was gonna when they just hey reopen. Mm -hmm. It didn't quite kick back into gear. It wasn't like a switch. Well, and 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 in China, not to get. Two, I don't know the exact, I just know most of what their people that have make extra money invest in is houses. They have like two or three houses because they don't have all the investing strategies that we have and all the things you can do, not as much freedom. So extra money, just go buy another house, go buy another house. And they're not yeah. like managing them or getting lived in. So they're just, if those values go down of the equity in the houses they bought cash that they don't even live in, that's not a good thing. So it, it's a mess over there. And um, the last little teaser that who knows, I'm not trying to be a fear monger here, but um that this has upped the rhetoric of them like wanting to invade Taiwan, like to just either change the narrative or to increase their economy or whatever. And that would be really bad if they did, or I think it'd be pretty bad if they invaded Taiwan and tried to take over because um, Taiwan makes apparently like 90% of the microchips that like, that's why we couldn't buy car, but couldn't buy mm. new vehicles, um, Nvidia and all those, all the AI stuff. So they're like going crazy over there. And if China takes over, that would just disrupt everything. We couldn't buy cars again. The chips would be down. Everything would kind of slow down. So that's, uh, as he said, a wounded China is potentially a dangerous China. Yeah. What a, like, I a, know, like I, a, gosh, I can't even, I'm trying to think of an analogy, like a, like a brother that gets his feelings hurt or something mm -hmm. like that it's uh, I, you're not doing well so you go fucking start a war and try yeah. to invade somebody mm -hmm. like what are you doing yeah i mean um, i'm not saying they're going to do that but he's just like the rhetoric and chatter has picked up about yeah. them doing that because they've been talking about doing that forever apparently so they're on like a bigger picture like talk there's a lot of talk about out there people that have passion about like um you know, the, the world superpower mm -hmm. and how U.S. has been that for such a long time and that how China could possibly be a person to or a, a, a company, a entity, a nation that could take that over from us at some point. Mm -hmm. So to me, I, I wouldn't want that. No. Right. I want to stay mm -hmm. the superpower for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. So do you think this helps us stay the superpower for longer? I do. And we chatted about that. And I feel super smart being able to reference his thoughts as well as mine. But um, 
I do, and I think, and the U.S. dollar talk has one, like the BRICS and all these Chinese countries are, are China and Brazil and all these countries are going to create their own currency, and the U.S. dollar isn't going to be the world reserve currency, and that's obviously didn't happen. That was just like a rhetoric for a while, like everything's fine with the U.S. dollar. I know it's losing value every day with inflation, but it always is. Um, but no, I think the U.S. being a global superpower, honestly, been the global superpower for what a hundred years. No, I would no. Yeah, well, that that's my point. Then yeah. most superpowers, 80. yeah. So most superpowers, like um, you know, uh, Britain back in the day, Rome, all that. Those are hundreds and hundreds of years. So yeah. I, I don't even think we're close to losing the world. Super- I think in two hundred years, maybe we won't be. But as far as the reasons we're the world superpowers, we're the strongest economy. It's not even close. We have the most stable currency. It, the Chinese yuan. Want yuan, I think yuan is not even. It's very unstable. Mm-hmm. Like they even know that. So the rest of the world does not want it to be based on an unstable um, currency. Like ours is up and down, whatever, but it's still more stable than anybody else's. And then the the biggest reason, and I, I hate to be like a douche about it, but it, our military, like as long as our military and like nobody wants to like, they're we're going like we would go to war if they were like if countries actively were like devaluing the U.S. dollar and making it not be the world reserve currency, that would affect lives. That would be a reason to go to war. And we're, we're slow to go to war, I think, in most parts in yeah. history. But we would go to war for that, and people don't want that. So that's my and his kind of take on it. I, I think we're a long way from the U.S. not being the world superpower, like a, like yeah. hundreds of hundreds of years. Well, I like the sound of that. I think, um, and it's, a lot of it's database and historical-based. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely cyclical, right? And history repeats itself. But um, It echoes. I, I don't I've heard, you know, I'm not in the news a whole bunch, but that U.S. has put some sanctions into place about what we buy from China, mm-hmm. too. So do you think that has uh, any significant impact on some of these numbers that they're yeah, showing? Yeah, I think a lot. I think a lot of people did that because they couldn't produce as much because they were letting people go to factories and things, but not doing and have as much. So they couldn't produce as much. We put sanctions on them. A lot of other countries and like Europe have put sanctions on them because of their kind of helping out um, Russia and a lot of those little yeah. things are or cut the side in that way. So and we're all like trying to kind of play nice. But I think in general, the most people and even probably China know it's best for everybody that the U.S. remains the superpower and I'm not getting a pissing mass with with us over something that you screwed up and, you know, kept your people home for four years. For sure. Well, that's good, man. I appreciate yeah. that insight. Yeah, it's fun. I, I, yeah. I always. Yeah. I, like I said, it, Taylor, you're going to like him a lot. He's uh, him and his brother like similar to us, not brothers, but they uh, have their own company up there and they do um, they do like investing and things like that. And he's going to come down and speak at Freedom Fest next year. Nice. So that'll be fun. Um, the knucklehead like us. All right. So win Wednesday, Lucas. What do you got for our win today? Man, we, well, we, you know, we had the, our, our buyers club last night, mm-hmm. right? And just, just really good. You know, Mike Kiko spoke. He was our, you know, he's he does a lot of like leadership training and uh, self-development training with myself, with Sam, with with a lot of our team as well. So that's like the foundation to me to your life being amazing. Um, but anyway, that was that was super cool. And then I don't know, we were we were you and me and a couple of our COOs were just standing around the table and we're like, you know, you know, bought three houses yesterday, sold three houses, you know, four, four made four, four new, five four more new students. Mm-hmm. We we just launched a relaunch mm-hmm. and, you know, got 18 people in there and, you know, eight hours or whatever. Like, I, I know that's not quite a win to you, but it seems cool to me. But uh, anyway, I just feel like things are really clicking with us right now. Mm-hmm. And then we're and we're still just getting started is the funny thing. Right. Yeah, I, I feel like we're going to have days. Every day is going to be like that here very, well, very I, soon. And I do think we're just 
as we try to do in our personalized business lives, we try to up the the like I don't know how to word it properly. Up the up the like baseline, right? So yeah, yeah. And so then like the baseline is that you know we're gonna be like all right, we had a really good day because yeah. we bought five houses and had nine signups. Like that, the next like really good day is just gonna keep getting upped as as yeah. we do things. So and I think uh, just we just closed out July. Uh, the best month it, ever it was for our Prosper. it was our best month ever for our company. For all of our companies. So that, that's 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 pretty cool, and that's just just on like a like a revenue and a profit level, but, um, and we've, we've kept our culture intact along the way. And we're, everybody's just, I feel like super motivated and positive right now. We're just making strides to do big, big stuff. Yeah. Cause we got our, we got our dicks kicked in there for about six months. And I think we're just kind of overcoming that. Yeah. Yep. Coming but, out of that. Yep. Coming out of that. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, though, so, so that's, that's some huge wins. And you mentioned relaunch. I just need to, I should mention that for the yeah, people. Yeah. So it's, it's super, super cool. So it's a, you know, not trying to do a sales pitch because it's, I think it's like not even like a, it's a no brainer. So uh, it's a new product we just launched. So we have our big mentorship that's 9,500 bucks. It's 10 grand. Um, not everybody can afford that or is bought in. So we came up with a $49 a month subscription model that is like a few lattes a month, right? Or a couple lattes a week, we'll pay for it. And it's 350 videos that I recorded. So it's part of those. So it's insane amount of value. Every video on anything you could ever want is all categorized. I'm doing a monthly 60 to 90 minute training, probably drag your ass into that as well. So every month you get 60 to 90 minutes of like offline, not social media, super deep dive training. You get uh, newsletter um, bi-weekly, so two a month, some months three, newsletter based on data. We're going to make predictions on the market and give like data-based things like the from the, all the websites and things that we're in and the subscription services we have. Um, and then you get like a community of like-minded people and you get all of that. Like you're going to move the needle much further and it's 50 bucks a month. Like mm. it's like a no-brainer to me and resources and calculators and tools and everything we offer. So it's, I think it's probably like a $500 a month product that we're selling for 50 bucks a month. And as you're in your journey, you'll be able to go back reference videos and do so anyways if you really want to if you're not ready to spend 10 grain or you don't have it and you're just wanting a little more help than just scrolling through social media and seeing sam pointing his finger education video booty clapping cool song a dance booty clapping booty sam, clapping. i mean i've see i see these guys tiktoks i yeah. see them so you, anyways it's you, just not what efficient. do you think a booty clap is tell me about that isn't it when your booty claps like that <laughs> is that not it is that not what it is? So how 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 does one make a booty clap? Got to torque a little bit, I think, and just rotate the hips and squeeze, maybe. Rotate the hips. I don't know. I've never rotate the hips, squeeze. I've never right. clapped a boot. I've, I've never clapped my own booty. We were not experts on booty clapping. No, right? no, I, I like just that. real estate. Yeah, just real estate. Yeah, that's all my videos are. Yeah, that's all. That's all my videos are. So, anyways, the point was social media. You're scrolling. You're not just going to like be educated, folks. You're going to get pulled in different directions based on the algorithm and life happening. But if you have something you're paying at least 50 bucks a month for 50 bucks a month for you're just going to be more apt to check it out and you're going to learn faster so it's a no-brainer to me cool we think about that booty clap a lot of fun bro all right we out here yep see you on the next one all right thanks for listening to today's episode we hope you got some major value from our conversation if you love what you learn make sure you like rate review the show and help us spread the word by telling a friend if you'd like to learn more about working with me inside one of my programs, we'll have those links in the show notes, along with all our social media handles, so you connect with us there for free. If there's a real estate question you'd like us to answer, feel free to send us a message and we'll cover it in an upcoming show.